I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, 2020? We keep 2020. it 2020. <laughs> 2020. Yeah, y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Lisa Bolakaj is out. We don't even know where the hell Lisa's at. I'm just going to tell the kids. Sure don't. She One might be day. on... <laughs> Indefinite hiatus. I mean, damn. She just be disappearing. Don't D- tell nobody. You know, I don't know what to say. You you, know. Guess what? <clears throat> All those times that uh, Carl was saying she was phony. <laughs> You know, like Carl might have been right. Carl might have been right. Wherever she is, we can be sure there's a lot of relaxation going on. Exactly, a lot of drinking. You know, a mixed drink in hand. (laughs) A lot of food. Exactly. I I miss you, Lisa. That's why I am. She'll be back. She'll be back. 2020. We'll get her back. Um, So you hear his voice. Our man right there, Tracy Grant, writer, producer, director himself. Back in the saddle. It's been a minute. It's been like about a year. About to shake my rattle. Yes. (laughs) It's been a year. It's been at least. Nice to be back. It's a great day to be alive. Happy to be here. Mm -hmm. And I tell everybody every time I come, I don't take it lightly. Uh, Invitations from from my brother to come Mm co-host. And it's great to be here. And shout out to all the listeners who, who... Keeping us going. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Tracy, one of the OGs, one of our big bros. What's up, Chris? Derek in the house. What'd it do? I don't know. Mouth all full. I don't know. That's just interesting. <laughs> I've, I've been, um, <clears throat> it was that time of year again, bro. We're watching these prestige movies. Right. Um, I just saw 1917 last night. Uh, are we getting enough screeners? I kind of think we should just get links. I'm tired of all these screeners. It's nice to get them in the mail because it feels exciting. But then you're like, I'm not going to watch that one. I'm not gonna watch that one, and they just kind of sit. You don't know. Just, well, I don't know. but so like so I, I went to the theaters in 1917. Okay, um, it's a it's a must see movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's that it, one about again? It's it it takes it's a it takes place during during uh, World, World War One. Right. It's about this uh, this brother and his friend. They're both there's a private and a corporal, and they're asked at like th- at like four o'clock in the afternoon. I need you to go across enemy lines like ten miles. Mm-hmm. And go to the next, you know, like front, and tell the commander not to go at dawn, uh, because <laughs> so the messengers, yeah, messengers, mm-hmm. and and his brother is part of that first wave that's going over, the, that's going over the line at dawn, right. and he and there's, you know, he's like, what, and he's like, yeah, it's just, it's just you two, you have to go across all this cra- crazy shit. It's really fascinating. It's got like, it's got that kind of touch, like Saving Private Ryan, in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of shot like it's one take. Oh really? So it's really it's interesting that way. Hmm. Um, I think I've seen three movies like this mm-hmm. that do that one take thing uh, before actually, and I think the only one that really works really well doing it is Birdman. 
Mm. Um, That's amazing. And I say that because Birdman pretty much takes place. Um, it's a two-hour story taking place in a two in a two-hour movie. Mm. And these and the and these other ones I've seen. Um, I'm not saying they're bad. And this movie is you got to see because it's so fast. I mean, some of it just will shock you. You're just like shit the whole time. It's just like these bunkers, and it's just wild. And it's just like wow. It's also more complicated. It's I mean, so complicated. Birdman was at least it's, inside it's, the yeah, soundstage. Or yeah, but the well, stage. I, I I say it because it's this is that what happens is, um, if you're not gonna cut. Then you really got to know how to really compose everything, do, do all this kind of choreography that's out of control, mm-hmm. and it's really the cool transitions, transitions and, and all, right. all this kind of stuff. Is but the thing is, is that every once in a while, with these type of movies, you want to cut, not because of that you need it, like you're, like the like the break. Cause they'll find ways to slow it down, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's a shot where it's like, hey, I'm gonna see the reaction shot of like you show me something, and then I'm gonna see the character reaction fast, mm-hmm. and you can't do that as fast because you got to swing around. Just little things like that, and then I noticed because I have watched some of these Spielberg films, more, some of this stuff recently when we were prepping for the waiting room. Mm-hmm. I realized the thing that Spielberg does that fucking no one else, is, I don't know, but he's so good at is that he'll move the camera in a way to allow the camera to move into a close up, mm. and, it, and it won't feel like I'm tilting down to show you that. It just will, right. it'd be so natural. You go, oh, not, oh, I'm seeing this bottle now, and mm-hmm. then I can go back up. And that's not what most of these other guys don't. He lets those shots breathe. Yeah, and and I mean, this movie is amazing. It's literally amazing. It's a hundred million dollar film. When you watch it, because I was like, oh, this movie can't be that much. Maybe forty million dollars. I don't know. I don't know. But then you watch it, and I was like, well, fuck the set, hmm. the set, because there's a no man's land set that is like as far as the eye can see. Hmm. And, beca- and and you know what? And they're fucking walking for twenty minutes almost without without a cut through yeah. this set. And you're like, well, wow. that's not fake. Wow. Well, let me ask you questions. <laughs> we have your expertise as a cinephile if you had to distinguish it from other quality war films like what would you what would you say well i put it up there in the last 20 years that hasn't been that many war films it's probably one of the, the better ones in the last 20 years that's good um that's, you know you picky as fuck exactly. so yeah good. and because <clears throat> now don't watch the trailer at all Oh really? I did watch it. Don't watch the trailer. If it, people listen to watch the trailer, because <laughs> I'll, I'll say be, be, because because a shot will build in the trailer. Right. So when it's, when it's starting to come up in the movie, like oh yeah, I saw this scene. Hmm. You know, so you, so it, it, so it kind of breaks some of the suspense. Um, but it's so suspenseful. Hmm. And if this and this this is what I love too about it. this 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 is a movie. You know, like Sam Mendes who directed American Beauty, British Guy. This is what I love about British cinema like so much. This is the thing Did I he love. write that? He wrote the, he wrote this with some woman I can't remember her name. Um, <clears throat> but this is what I love about like this is what I love about non Hollywood cinema. They cast two kids who I've never fucking seen before. I love that. See, British, I have no problem with that. So you watching this movie, exactly. and you watch this movie, and you're like, I don't know who the fuck is going to survive. Right. Yeah. Right. And they just like look like people. And they look like people. They look like people <laughs> exactly. a lot. I mean, it's it's, it's like it's very similar to what what's, what's this, Chris Nolan did in, in, in Dunkirk. Oh, right. And you watch Dunkirk, and you're like, yeah, you yeah. Know, no, I mean, yeah, what's his name? Is it Kenneth Branagh? Right, but he's right. playing like a small role. But the mm-hmm. main character, you're like, who the fuck is this kid? You know, and and it's like, and and you don't know who's, and he's with people, and you don't know if they're gonna survive, and you just don't know. Right. And when you watch this movie, you don't know what's gonna happen. Right. And so, and as and as it, and you know, to think about think about World War One movies, I, I realized this why those movies don't get made a lot is that 
there's no good there's no good endings for those movies. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference between like a movie like a you know you know in terms of like a World War Two movie is mm-hmm. the United States actually vanqu or the, like whatever they vanquished these Germans or Japanese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In World War One, it was just war of attrition. It was mm-hmm. it was kind of like last man standing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so therefore they're really like the futility of war. And there's still so much debate, yeah. You know, yeah. on what just, really happened, what, happened, what side was whatever. What, so, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, like I tell people all the time, like Passive Glory is my favorite Stanley Kubrick movie, mm-hmm. and, you know, because it's so much like I you watch this, it's a World War One film, and you're like, it's about the futility of war. You know, and that's what this movie's about in a way that makes you go, God damn, like, and that, but that keeps you on your edge of your seat the whole time, which you're mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ, like, what the fuck's going to happen now, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, go watch it. Do you think it's also like a generational, con- oh, sorry, do you think it's also like a generational connection thing? Like, there's no people that are alive still that are connected to World War One, and there's people alive still that are connected to World War Two. Mm-hmm. you know, like, so I think that the stories that maybe... And maybe I'm wrong because I'm not like a big war mm-hmm. movie person. But mm-hmm. I, me personally, like my grandpa fought in World War Two, right. but like I don't have any relatives, obviously alive, because mm-hmm. that would be weird and impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I do because I'm a vampire. But right, right, except you know. for you, know, of course, <laughs> uh, that uh, fought in World War One because that's not possible. So I feel like there is some sort of personal connection when we watch those stories. That- I would, I would say so, and. A lot of work has been done around World War II also. Speaking as the son of a man who loves World War II novels and films and epics, so you start looking at other wars and you're mining for fresher stories to tell Mm -hmm. and fresher angles to take. Chris just touched on the differences between the ends of both of these world wars. Yeah, well, she, she's a different. I mean, but see, I, 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 I'm not going to disagree with your point. I do agree with that. But, but we've seen a lot of Civil War films, mm-hmm. yeah. and there's no one who's arrived. For I mean, I mean, well, not no one, but like obviously, some of these people, like D.W. Like, uh, Griffith, he, like, like he might have been alive, in, like as a kid during the Civil War. Right. By the time he's making Birth of a Nation, but, but, but there's, I think, I think because America didn't get into the war until late, you know, the last year or so. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why there's no American connection, and I think the Europeans were. I mean. There's a reason why that's called the lost generation. Yeah. Uh, you know, because of how many people did get lost, did lost. And it was a different war. And it was the first modern war in a sense where all this technology that had been developed since since the Civil War. So it was 50 years of, 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 of war technology was developed and there hadn't been a war in a continent for a long time. And then when it explodes, it's like tanks, <clears throat> Gatling cannons, all this kind of shit that they had never seen before. Yeah. And, I, and, and so, I, I mean, there was a really great YouTube channel called um, The Great War. And what they and I thought this was the coolest thing is that what they did is in starting in, in 2014, every week they discussed what happened during that week. A hundred years prior, wow. in, in in this is this is what happened this week in World War One, oh, wow. and it was, it was just a ten minute little thing, and every mm-hmm. week they would do, and it, wow. and it went for the whole, it went for four it's on years, YouTube? yeah, it went oh, for four years, it went yeah. from it went from twenty fourteen to 20, 2018 because mm-hmm. it was covering from nineteen fourteen to nineteen eighteen, yeah. and it was every week, and it was so fascinating, all the stuff, I mean, the, the way politics happened, there's things that there's like, I, I remember reading this book, it's like, <clears throat> um, um, inflation didn't exist until World War One. Because mm-hmm. because like those nations witnessed so much debt to 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 to, to deal with the war mm-hmm. that the the inflation became a thing. Mm-hmm. Because as I was telling about this guy was talking about how like if you go back and read novels prior to to, to like to World War One, 
the and and you look at the cost. People are very curious about the cost of things because uh, the price doesn't change for a hundred years. You know, mm-hmm. like hey, I've, you know, people always say, hey, when I was a kid, like you know, it cost five dollars for a nickel of bread, you know, nickel mm-hmm. for a pound of bread. Like that doesn't mean shit does that because it's like mm-hmm. yeah, whatever the discrepancy. But then like you know, if it costs five pounds for something in like in in eighteen fifty, mm-hmm. it still costs us those same five pounds in seventeen fifty. You know. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was just, it was all, it was kind of weird stuff that, that, that we don't necessarily like, like knew that happened that came out of that war. Um, so I, I don't know. So the moral of the story is study your damn history. <laughs> yeah, study history. So I saw that, which I really liked. You're talking about the screeners. Um, you know, we got I mean, that's that, a whole conversation. No, no, but I just yeah. say, but I was, that was stuff I was watching. So mm-hmm. I, I got that Miss, I got that Miss Maisel box, right. you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I've been wanting to watch it's this cute, show. though. I, I know. I want, I'm not gonna lie. I no, really wanted that box. No, Amazon no. is killing the game. Killing the, the game. packaging. So it was I, very cute. Yeah, I said to myself, you know what? I'm gonna go watch this show because because you know great coasters in there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love coasters. And I haven't I, even opened mine up. I just uh, have it sitting there. Uh, it's just pretty know. pink thing. I went back and started watching it. It's actually a fucking great show. It's a fantastic a fucking show. You know, the, and this is the thing is that I only watched half of the first episode. I was like, I can't watch this. Mm-hmm. And I realized why I couldn't watch it is that. What I don't, what I hate to see on talent, what I hate to see in the movies, because I hate this in real life, is uh, personal embarrassment. Hmm. And in that show, because they're doing stand up, and when they get up and they bomb, mm-hmm. They do uh, a really good job of, of, of making you feel like it's you, like yeah, like it's yeah, you, yeah, and, I, yeah, and, yeah. I, and 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 like I personally don't like that, but you know <laughs> that's why I was like I ain't gonna watch the show. Try bombing in real life. Yeah, well, <laughs> in, in my head, in my in, in my head, I turned it off and I got to the same. I was like I can't watch this. I can't watch this. But I started watching. The, I went back and watched Pilot again. And I was like, oh, it's because that moment is mm. that. And I was like, you know what? And I don't like that moment because it happens again later on to yeah. her when she's still <laughs> doing stand up. And I was like. I stopped it again. I was like, you know what? I'm stopping it because I don't like this. Like, I personally <laughs> don't want to see her hurt like this. But anyway, right. this is a good show. You should watch that show. Great show. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, you, so we spent about 13 minutes on that, but that's all good. <laughs> um, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So today, we got my girl on the show, Ariel Ramos. Hi. Where we met at, girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's so, tell the story, writer. Sure, sure. Uh, let's go ahead. Go ahead. So, um, Hilliard came and talked to my UCLA class, mm-hmm. and um, he. Donald Martin, one yes, of my mentors. Donald exactly. Martin is my teacher for a screenwriting class, mm-hmm. and he was a guest speaker, and uh, he was. The best speaker they've ever had, by the way. Just the so you Most know. amazing speaker. By far. By far. <laughs> And he was kind of just telling a story and telling how he came to screenwriting. We were just kind of vibing, and I was kind of heckling she him. She was heckling the brother. I was heckling him a little bit. <laughs> so you know I had to get her. <laughs> so I felt like we were kind of vibing, and he was just like talking for two hours. And I, I don't, I really, I don't know what came over me, to be honest. Um, but I just like felt like we kind of like had a connection, and it's not like I, I grew up in Los Angeles, so it's mm-hmm. not like I haven't had sort of connections like my whole life and I've really never done this in my entire life so I don't know what came over me but I I didn't have a card or anything with me so I ripped off a piece of my notebook and made the jankiest most ridiculous card makeshift card I wrote Mm -hmm. my name (laughs) I wrote I wrote Ariel Ramos like Latina Latinx yeah Latinx like your future assistant it was just ridiculous your future assistant yeah Yeah. Yeah. I was like because I was talking about being bold I was talking about that a lot which is which is really truly what inspired me it wasn't just like out of left field in my defense memorable yeah but he was like be bold like all this stuff and Mm -hmm. I was like all right like 
let's go. So, so just like he really I'm inspired me. I'm outside. I'm at the front waiting for my Uber, right? Wait, please wait so I can oh, great, like great. give you the build up. So, so Donald, <laughs> so Donald, like, so Hilliard leaves after and I'm like my plan is like I'm gonna like go after him and like mm-hmm. kindly like give him like an introduction but like this does not go according to plan at all so Hilliard it never leave. does no of course not so Hilliard leave and, and Donald keeps us mm-hmm. and so like he leaves and Donald keeps us and talks to us for like five minutes right. and I'm like I've lost my chance like it's gone and then my friends are kind of like egging me on they're like go find him go find him but the thing with UCLA is there's like four different corridors right. and I have no idea where Hilliard where, where he he parked Easy where he's gone lost. and it's right. like UCLA. nine at night i'm wearing heel. i'm outside. wearing boot heels i haven't eaten dinner which mm. was i don't even the whole thing was just a hot mess mm. so i just book it like out of a corner and i'm <laughs> running in heels like uh, the, and then once you go out one corner there's like two other ways to go out right. and so i don't see him i'm running 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 i don't see him i'm running 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 i come back and then i like basically throw up in the bushes <laughs> Did Don't you, find it. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. That's funny. It was, that's funny. okay, so I'm like, but I didn't fully throw up, but I'm like dry heaving, right. right? So I'm like dry heaving in the bushes. I can't find you. That like took five minutes. Mm. Then I come back, run down the other corridor, and then class is starting. So I'm like, uh, uh, my chance is gone. I have like my thing. My hair is like, I'm like, uh, uh, I can't. Where? And like my friends are like, are, are you okay? Like, you know, like what? Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it one more chance. So I go down the last corridor and then I don't see you. And like the parking lot's empty. There's so a I'm big like, bush, but I'm like below, below it or something. So I'm like, yeah. I'm just, who cares? Is this like, sweet, like, like Hilgar or something like that? Is, is it, that what it is? I think so. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, fuck it. Like, I'm just yeah. going to give it one last chance. So I'm, I don't, I'm, I just yell out his name. <laughs> it was hilarious. I just go, Hilliard! <laughs> Bro, like, am I insane? And then Hilliard's like right there. And he just goes, yes. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm, my hair is a mess. I'm sweating. I've like literally just, okay. So then I'm just, I don't even know what to do at that point. So I'm just like, um, the, uh, Thank you so much for your talk. I really appreciate. Here's <laughs> this card I made you. Um, if you have any opportunities in the future, I would just thank you. Greatly appreciate it. And he's just like starts laughing at me because I just looked insane and like I don't even know. I don't even like, please just take over here because like I don't even know what you were thinking. It was that no. Uh, here's what I was thinking. What I was thinking was. Christ. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I was laughing. I was laughing and we talked about it too. I was like, see, you got to have those type of, excuse my phrase, kahunas. You got to have those. You got to be the person who asks. And that's something you, all three of us talk about a lot. Absolutely. Until we started asking, we didn't get shit. Soon as you ask, people are like, oh, I'll read you. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, you know, whatever yeah, the look, fuck. Yeah. I mean, look, like, like I uh, was up, I was not, not, I'm still up uh, for, um, for, for a show, a new mm-hmm. show. Um, can't talk about it. Um, but I knew the showrunner is someone that I was like, I was like, who knows the showrunner that I know? Who knows the showrunner that I know? Um, I was like, oh, David Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, and David, you know, we, you know, it was really cool. Yes. I mean, he's really cool. So I said, hey, David. David. Yeah, Shout out to David. So I, What's so, up, David? And so I said, David, I got a question. I got this script and I already went in for the meeting and, and with the company they liked me but but they want to read it like a genre sample and the script I sent them like wasn't a genre sample mm-hmm. and I have this other thing that I know that, that, that Javi liked and gave a shout out on the thing I was like how do I like get this to him mm-hmm. you know and he was like oh send it to me mm-hmm. I'll read it mm-hmm. and I'll let you know 
And then he called me this 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 night. I mean, last night he was like, "Oh yeah, I talked to him," and he's and, and he's, he decided to read it. Oh, so I was like, "Okay, great." Yeah. So as my as my my mind, I was like just thinking, but I was like, "I I gotta ask him. I gotta ask him in a way that's not like uh, uh, I I said. How do I get this to him? As yeah. opposed to, can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. How can I get this to him? Right. You know." And he looked at it. It's, it's a lot about it's how you ask. Yeah. You that's know, big. and and yeah. you gotta be bold. And then the, the and the and the and the, and, the, and the other meeting I was telling you about. You know, uh, we're not going to do. But um, again, being bold, I wrote this. I wrote this like nine paragraph like email to this guy. I said, I "Fucking love your show." Blah 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 blah. And he was like, "Coming for a meeting." Wow. So you know, you got to do these things mm-hmm. that will uh, risk, risk yeah. that right. will separate you from other people, mm-hmm. be, be, be memorable, because that's yeah. what. I mean, it was. It was. It shows your passion, yeah. right? And that, and that's exactly what I felt at the time. Ariel was it, it felt endearing to me, <laughs> and and it did. It wasn't like a thirsty. It was like I'm taking the chance. I felt that it was like I'm just yeah. going to take a chance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know what it's like to do that. You yeah. know, we all do for sure. So, so for me, that's what I took in, and literally the next day, and I said, you know what? If something comes up, I let you know. And literally the next day, Yvette Vargas, showrunner, reached out to me and said, Hilliard, let's go back and get back to that show again. I said, well, I just met this girl the other night. Let's try. Fuck it. Ariel, you want to do this thing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you're available, yeah. boom. So, so you now, did I mean? you help with like, like finding a location for the, the rehearsal location and stuff like yeah. that? Okay. She did that for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you. I knew about you before yeah. you came. I knew about you before you came. And well, let's, you. let's not gloss over. Well, thank you. When... Ariel was presented with the opportunity and asked, she was able to contribute in a way that was you. She didn't just show up, you know, with a smile. And let's just say she was organized and that was your first time working in a room in that way, but you would not have known that based off of your your organized notes, the way you did them. I mean, I told you, here's what I want. And you added to that. Thank you You so much. Yvette told you what she wanted and you added to that. And then you were actually able to contribute some things in the room. Like if we were working on story or trying to come up with a name for a character, you're like, Ooh, what about this? Thank you You know so what much. I mean? So we appreciate that. Thank you so you much. That? Good to do. It means a lot to me. I'm going to say something. Go ahead. See, see, the key to this is how you're building like relationships. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, there's a, I think it was in November, Chris McQuarrie wrote, who wrote and directed the Mission Impossible, last two Mission Impossible films, mm-hmm. and he got the Oscar for um, Usual Suspects. He was, he wrote this huge tweet storm about, you know, permission to write and things like that. People were kind of getting on him. It was like, well, when, when you guys did, he did something where um, uh, when he was in school well, with Brian Singer. He got uh, Ethan Hawke to be in a short film of his, and that that kind of enabled him to do public access, mm-hmm. which enabled him to do um, *Usual Suspects*. And, and people were kind of complaining about, like, "Well, dude, I mean, like, you fucking knew Ethan Hawke, blah blah blah." This is Chris McGuire. Chris, Chris yeah. But he was like, "But I knew him before he was Ethan Hawke." Mm. You know, right. I, I, he right. was, he was like all the people that I knew <laughs> I, at that time were people who, 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 who didn't have no one connected in the film industry. Right. They just wanted to be in it, mm-hmm. and it was, and those relationships, as those people all began to, to build, it, you know, the whole, the, the rising tide like raises all ships. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, and he was like, he was like, he, he was like, that's how you work. It doesn't work where you just write a great script and it is. We talked about this the other day. Like great mm-hmm. scripts are not what gets made. They're not what exactly. why things get made. Mm-hmm. Um, it's relationships, it's relationships. And, and, and that's why I love what you were saying that's why it's so important all of us as producers that's what we're doing we're trying to find that next person who's about to blow up 
You know what I mean? They might be third on the call sheet, but we know they actually stand out a lot. So we want to get that. You know what I mean? Yes. You're looking for that person. Ethan probably had that thing. Mm-hmm. He knew him. He was like, I know this guy's going to blow up. He'd be perfect for this role. We need to get him now because by the time this comes out, he's going to have this next thing that mm-hmm. yeah. that happens all the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's that. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, you have to be. I mean, the relationship thing is so critical to everything. I mean, I heard Chris McCarver saying some interesting stuff. He was like saying that, you know, y- your ability to succeed in this town is based upon who's invested in your success, mm-hmm. you know, and that's only by, based upon if you know these people and you're not and you're not coming at them from just like right. what can you do for me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, let's well, let's jump in a little bit, Ariel. Yeah. <clears throat> you and I were talking about this. I mean, there's we're we're in a we did we did an episode last week with Sunny. Thank you for being on again. She's just sitting here listening to us today. Um, she's our number one fan of the show. Yes, Sunny. Sunny I always can never say, Joachim? That's what Joshim. I said. Um, Joshim. <laughs> I always want to say Joachim for some reason. Joshim. Joshim. It's what? It's not. It's, 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 it's Haitian, right? No, it's, it's, it's like Central U- European. Is it? Same thing. Okay, Haitian. Central European, same thing. Like, um, like the way it's... Like, like, <laughs> it, it, like, like the, the, yeah. yeah, Joaquin, yeah. They see the J and they're like, oh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Right, right, right. Well, right. they say that, but, 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 you know, but like the guy, it was a, the guy who used to be Hitler's... Uh, <laughs> Right. This, this, right this is why I noticed. Oh my because Jesus. This is why I noticed oh because 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 <laughs> I have a book. Of, it's called Hitler's Diplomat, and, it, right. and the guy's name is um um is Joachim um von Ribbentrop, and that's and and that and to me that's why I know that name. That's okay. it's not you, but that's, that's why fair. I know that name. But it's pronounced differently. That's you know? fair. So that's fair. I just yeah, yeah. you know. Connections. So, and I'm working with this producer on this project, Pamela and I. His name is Joaquin, so that's why I keep mm-hmm. wanting to say that too. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Right. Anyway, so Ariel, yes, um, uh, we did. Chris and I with with Sunny last week. We did an episode that's about to drop um, with uh, Linnell White. We just, we talked a little bit about assistance in that episode, yeah, yeah. and you had a couple questions for us and stuff like that. But what I wanted to talk about a little bit more, because I know you're a little bit more involved in like what's going on with the assistants, and Definitely. you know, did you go to the town hall meeting? No, I, but I li- I watched the watched live stream and I just listened to it again right, last right. night actually. <laughs> right. So yeah. I was like, I was just thinking that maybe we could do, um, just like turn that up and talk sure, talk absolutely. about that. And I have to, friends who are writers assistants, right. and I've listened to you know like a lot. I've I've tried to stay pretty plugged in. So. Right, right. So let's just talk about like what. From a from an assistance point of view sure, that you're sure. in now, yeah. what what is the state that we're in, and then you and you guys could jump in wherever you want. Sure, sure. I think I think there's issues for assistance across the board. Like right. we can talk about writers' assistance, and then we can talk about like the state of assistance yeah. across the board because I think there's a larger conversation. I think there's, yeah, yeah. There's two conversations, yeah. right? So there's the conversation about pay up Hollywood, which Liz right. Albert mm-hmm. started as like a Twitter hashtag mm-hmm. to kind of. And she's get, a friend of ours. So yeah. To kind of get all the stories that mm-hmm. were happening because there, there's a movement that needs to happen. And I think it kind of started about wages, right. kind of that issue, and then it became a, a, a bigger movement. And then mm-hmm. clearly there was a systematic issue going on. And then, you know, it, it, it kind of spiraled into not just 
writer's assistants, but showrunner's assistants mm-hmm. and, and, you know, assistants' assistants mm-hmm. at, like, agencies. Yeah, and and people on the desk. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, script coordinators. Right. And it's a it's an industry-wide systematic right. issue. And so from there, they also did a survey that just came out. And I have some really interesting stats that oh, I would love to share. Right. So um, some mm. interesting stats that I want to share are, so the assistant survey that they did, I think they surveyed and people responded in, I think it was like 1,500, something in the realm of that that mm-hmm. people responded. So 78% of the people that responded were white. 78% of the people that responded were white. Mm-hmm. 73% <clears throat> make 500 to 900 a week after taxes. Mm. What was that? 500 to, 500 to 900 a week after taxes. Okay. 90% say they were rent burdened, which means you're spending 30% or more of your income on rent. But most of the ones who are not wrote in to say they're married or have significant others or their parents are the reason why that they're not rent burdened. Mm. 64% make less than 50000 a year. Wow. 68% have to work a second job to make ends meet while working as an assistant. Wow. So those were some of the key stats that I thought were, and, and those are just the people that responded. I know mm. that a lot of people didn't respond because they were scared mm-hmm. or whatever, because you, you had to put your name in when you mm. responded. Mm. Mm. I have wow. a question. Yeah. Um, I listened to the town hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were shooting the day they had the town hall. Mm-hmm. I can't they were. Because <clears throat> um, I wanted to go. But um, um, I think, and I recall Liz saying, and please, please correct yeah, me. Yeah, no, I have a And lot we're going to have Liz on to correct me too. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I believe she said that they're fighting for assistance to get like, is it 53,000? It, like, it was a number that they wanted. I don't have 50, the exact 6, number here, but I know. There was something to that. You, yeah. remember, you remember there was some talk yeah. about that? So it's, like, yeah. it's basically, it's basically like the, the, they want to hook you up so you're getting basically $1,000 a week. Like, right. like for a but year essentially I mean you're probably not working for a full year but yeah. but, but that's but, the kind of money and a guarantee got. of a certain amount of hours too right. you know a guarantee of hours and right. a guarantee of overtime right. that, that people just aren't getting because they're they're, they're skirting you know and, well, and independent well, because contractors and, and there's all these ways that the studios <clears throat> are, are oh, God, skirting yeah. But when I'm, when I'm hearing, like, for Which example, Richard, you guys all know, yeah. who comes in here and helps me all the time, he literally was up for a show last week um, to be the showrunner's assistant, right, mm-hmm. on, a, on a new show, on a comedy. And they, in his email, they offered him, because I'm not, it, he doesn't have the job, and right. I'm not mentioning the show, so it don't fucking matter. Yeah. Um, they offered him, it's going to be the 40 hours a week to begin and then once they get into production, it's going to, going to go into like 60 or something like that. 60s. For the same amount. Like it doesn't hardly oh, even change. That's not I mean, good. I think it goes up a little. Yeah, It's like ridiculous. Good. But you know, hours a week. look, this is the battle that I've been rallying against for the last 20 years. 15,000 hours. That's which what it is crazy. income yeah. inequality in this country is out of control. Out of control. It is, it, and people hate to talk about it because we have a really fucked up thing in this country where where we don't want to talk about talk, talk about money mm-hmm. you know we're afraid to talk about how much money people make yep. and things like that and it's like but but that allows people to make this excess type of money you know and and we, and we don't know about it I mean it, but the money that's floating around how do you ever start a quote if there, if there's not a quote to start <laughs> you know what I mean just, I'm, I mean look if you're on a if you're an assistant and if they're not gonna I mean, look, yeah, they get you as an independent contractor, so they're fucking you. Yep. 
um, and they don't have to pay you these extra overtime wages and everything like that. You're probably not even getting probably not even getting health insurance because you're independent contract. Of right. course, so it's too expensive. Well, here's the other is the the cynical <laughs> opposite side to to the discussion. We all know what the producers would say. Right. One, the whole business is about attrition, mm. and it's those of us who can persist and kind of push through the challenging times yeah. and all these obstacles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You. Like we did it. We were assistants. We're rewarded, and, and we did it, and it's right. a meritocracy. Right. Yeah, see, and that's a goddamn. Well, hold on. Such a lie. Hold on. So we're aware the the business has changed. The economics of the business has changed. Mm-hmm. We all do what we have to do to to control these costs. These entry level assistant positions are providing access. There are opportunities right. for people. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to suck it up. So we know that side on the other mm-hmm. sort of the other end of the yeah. debate you hope for an honest discussion somewhere someone over there on that side says okay this is real this is a real issue mm-hmm. okay we're not sure what the solution is it may not be sustainable it may be untenable what you're asking for in terms of salaries and health benefits maybe not but we recognize that it's an issue Look, this, look, this, this is my. But thing. I don't know that we've gotten this to the point where we're even mm-hmm. having an because honest like discussion. Keeping out with that because the people like in that survey, right? All those mm-hmm. white people, mm-hmm. all the people who have parents, all the people that have parents here, or spouses mm-hmm. here, and mostly it's white people. Let's be honest, and and those are the people that can afford to take to that job, take that job, and live super poor, mm-hmm. or you know, not live super poor to be honest, yeah, because yes. their parents are helping them mm-hmm. or whoever's helping them. Yeah. And think about all those people that that those stories that were missing. And those people that that don't get to learn or 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 you know go up the ranks, and it's just it literally breaks my heart, and mm-hmm. it, it like I hate it. It's tough. It, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, I think to go with Tracy's thing, you know, it's like I remember I, take, I was taking this acting class one time, and the guy used to say, you know, um, what was his phrase all the time? Oh, you're guilty, and you're guilty until proven talented. <laughs> That's what he would say all the time. And, and he was like, he was like, because because no one comes out here because um, they're forced to come out here, and the and the and the working conditions are X, Y, and Z, and you, and you got to put up with them. The only thing is, I know that the that the that the 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 money for this assistance has not gone up uh, uh, per inflation. It's, it's it's not tagged like the CPI or some shit like that, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 the reason why I know they have the money, that's why I know they have the money. Um, you know, the last time that that the last negotiations, right? We were gonna do the last negotiations. Um, Speaking of WGA, WGA negotiations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Les Moonves, mm-hmm. former head of CBS, who was deposed for for Me Too shit. Yeah. Um, he personally was making sixty million dollars a year. <laughs> personally, that's right. Okay, that was, that's, that's yeah, personal. but it doesn't apply to him. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no, no. He, he's making sixty million dollars yeah. a year, and he was asking for a sixty million dollar rollback on the pension and health for the whole guild. Wow, Jesus Christ! I was like, dude, you fucking make all that yourself. You're a greedy bastard. Oh, they never Christ. see it when, when it's you at know, home. You never see it when it's in your face. I was like, dude, yeah. like, 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 what is all that? I mean, you know, I mean, the the, the money's around. The, you know the whole thing about it is that the is that these the executives don't deal the, 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 the studio executives don't deal with the same level of like 
attrition you're talking about. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they're on, they're getting the salary, they're getting their pension to health, mm-hmm. you know, all that shit. If they're, if they're working at Fox or working at Sony, whatever it is, they're straight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's probably some, I mean, and, you know, they're getting six figures easy. The greed easy. is real. Yeah. You know. Well, we were, we were talking the other day about, you know, I was talking with Yvette. We went to Disney um, on Wednesday for an event with um, DMA and all of them again, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we were me and I were talking the other day because we both are in situations where we have deals with these huge companies that are like you know pitch us a project that we have and then you guys are the guys and then they keep dragging you on dragging you on dragging right. you on and then wanting notes and blah 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 and then they want you to turn in shit and all this other stuff it's like for free yeah oh yeah <laughs> until they sell it but their justifications but once we sell it you know it's going to be great it's like no you have a salary that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I literally had to go in on one of the, one of the executives. I told you. <laughs> one of the executives, I was like, look, you have a salary. So you see it this way. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is not how it should be done. Mm-hmm. You really, I shouldn't even be doing this. I'm doing this because I like you and I like this company. Mm-hmm. You know? But don't get it twisted. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't because I'm dying to work and I don't have any fucking money. Right. Any of those other things is I liked you and this. So the project is just... Mm, <laughs> he looked at me like, what? And I was like, I mean, it's okay. You know, it's not my passion project. It's yours. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to make it mine. Right. You know? So let's be clear. Yes. <laughs> you know? Because you tried to be sassy about some shit. I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me correct you on that right quick. I can walk away, right? Yeah. Now. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't yeah. lost shit. And what would you lose? Exactly. I haven't lost yeah. shit. Yeah. I've, you know, yeah. I've lost you can't, black, you can't blackmail yeah. me. You're just In a fact, young executive. I'd be saving valuable time. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. I mean, I mean, I, I, that's the thing. That's where where all these producers are. They ask. I mean, it goes into everything about free work from writers, draft stuff like that. <laughs> they don't want to give over the draft because they know, you know, that those two or three producers pass before the studio gets it. All this kind of bullshit. It's because, you know, we were saying this, it's, the dead horse on it is is that they are getting paid regardless. Mm-hmm. They're getting paid if no movies get salary. made. They have a salary. If 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 there's no shit gets green exactly. like they still got a check. Exactly. If exactly. they if, you know what if fifteen shit if fifteen things get if fifteen things that they do get greenlit, they still get the same check. There's no there's no upside for them. Mm. It's, it's it's you know how I say, the currency for them is like who they can say they're working with, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they do. They get the same amount of money. You and, know. And I thought I've thought about that a little bit in the sense like um, we're working with a young executive on one show, and. We know that this show could help this person move up to the next rung of their, their of their of their but also they can still use the fact that they work at this company and that they do this movie and this show and this show and this show. That's right. So it still works both ways for them, you know, as ammunition regardless. Yes. You know what I mean? It's funny. Well the the <clears throat> playing field for the assistance is still the same. Like none of us are saying that that situation is different like it's still like writer's assistant pa writer's pa you get in where you fit in doesn't matter how you get in you still have to do that and take those steps hard to my friend Mm -hmm. my one of my best friends like that i've been best friends with since middle school he's a pa and i feel like there's not that much upward mobility Mm. for pas like i feel like it's harder i'm not that it's not. I feel like you could be a writer's assistant for ten years. You could be a PA. Oh, for we 10 know years. people who've done it at least three or four. Fifty. I mean, script yeah. coordinator. All exactly. that. Oh, well, yeah. A, a PA. Is he a PA? Is, is he on set PA? Or, on or, set. Well, see, uh, if you're on set a PA, then then the, the highest you can get is 
first AD. Exactly. You know, so and it's, tri- it's, it, yeah. I mean, it, well, but that's that's where you also have to find your tribe. Right? Yep. We're all we're all hitting on yeah. conversations we've had yeah. on this podcast Fair. many times. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, your friend will know or hear about another situation somewhere else through his peer group. Correct. Whether well, that's another to PA. Him to get into writing. To right. Be and, well, that's he has that. you, which yeah. is awesome, but. That's the other advantage. So there are some assets that come with those positions, <coughs> even if you're not being well, properly yeah, well, paid. Absolutely, but but absolutely. here's the thing: like, like if, if he's a set PA, then you to me, it's like you have to sit down and say with him, "Is like, what do you want to do?" Because mm-hmm. yeah. if you want to be a producer, <laughs> that conversation, then I want to stay on the set, to stay on the set <laughs> exactly. and move up, move exactly. up, but. <clears throat> but maybe you like art, the art department. Mm-hmm. So then you go from set PA to art department PA mm-hmm. and move up, the, and, you know, because that, because you eventually be a production designer. Right. You have to figure out what you, like, like what moves like, you, like what yeah. you want to be, yeah. you know. Um, well, you and I know, like I do that. Usually when I'm, when I'm shooting something, I gather the five or six PAs, whatever we have when we're about to start. And I go, what do you want to do? Like, who do you want to be? And they're like, oh, I don't want to be a writer. I'm like, okay, well, you hang with me. What do you want to do? I want to be a director. Okay, I'm going to put you with, remember, I've done that. Like, you're going to be the assistant with, with Chris and his brother. You're going to do blah, blah, blah. And I put them in in situations so that yeah. they get to enjoy that moment and see what it's like yeah. and see do they even want to do it. Yeah. You know, because you don't know until you've done it yeah. several times. And No doubt, <clears throat> bruh, but, you know, Not for our listeners, everyone isn't as thoughtful. Yeah. I would As say you. there's well, a lot that. of people that are not like that. They're not. They're not. They're not. They don't care. Or, or, I'm, I'm, not it's, it's, they don't care, or they're um, or they're oblivious until you ask them. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a question about are you going to ask? And I feel a lot of it is, you know, do you need permission to ask something? Right. And 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 and, and that and that's normal people. Right. You don't need permission. That's what we're saying. Just go ask someone. <laughs> yeah. Because what's the worst is going to happen? If you're polite, they're going to say, "I can't help you. Sorry." Yep. If you're a that's dick, it. if they're a dick, they'll fire you. But that's but 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 but, but that's on you because you didn't you didn't approach the person right. Yeah. If you approach them right, they're like, "Oh, yeah, I can't do anything for you right now." Good, for, you know, good for me to know that. And right. timing is everything. Like and I said, Ariel hit me in the right timing. Yeah. The day later, you know, this thing came up. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. a friend of mine, this a friend of mine, she got a job on a show as a post PA and some stuff happened and they were like oh we like you can you come on and do you know the coordinator position Mm -hmm. just because you were just there and there was was something going on like like the previous coordinator had to leave Mm -hmm. hey we like you so move up you know boom 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 and that's it's just you have to be there. You, you know, know what they say and, and, and about people to trust you. A closed mouth. We all yeah. heard that. Right, one. Right. All right. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about some broken more, teeth in the closed mouth. About like <laughs> yeah. what what are some of the other issues? Yeah, that yeah. that the assistants are For talking sure. about. So I think uh, another <clears throat> another issue that a, a lot of assistants are are dealing with is feeling fearful to seek reimbursement. Um, I think a lot of times assistants um, pay for things out of their Mm -hmm. own pocket. Mm -hmm. And like, for instance, you'll be in a writer's room, right? And, and uh, a writer will not pay for their coffee or Mm -hmm. not pay for their meal or, or not pay the hundred dollars or something. And you'll just put it on your, your card. You don't have like a a company card or whatever, or like Mm -hmm. you will eventually have a company card, but you just started and it takes a month or whatever to get the comp card. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So you're putting all that and you go into, freaking debt because you're doing it and then that writer that owes you 
200 $300 gets fired off the show. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't have put that on your card. So then what do you do? You're too embarrassed to ask for that money back. Right. What do you do then? Again, but see, now this goes back to what you were saying one time, Hilliard, about you know how sometimes the room is not getting paid yet? Mm-hmm. I t- I, let me tell you. Let me preface that. So sometimes, you know this, Tracy. You, you start a room. Right. Day one, when you get there, depending on the show and how organized they are, if you're on an organized show, sometimes you get into your office, you'll have your own office or you'll share an office and on your yeah. desk will be your contract. Everything right? is set right? up and done. <clears throat> and you take your contract as soon as you get it before you start the room, fucking sign it and ask the PA, can I PDF this to the Writers Guild? Do it immediately. Right. Right. That's what I always tell everybody. Instead, a lot of people are like, oh, my agent will do it. Right. Oh, my manager will do it. And then guess what happens? Hilliard's the only one being paid like two weeks later. Mm. Everybody else, uh, two months, a month and a half. Even even the showrunner sometimes like their deal isn't done yet. Yeah, you it's spend crazy. A lot of time. You know what I mean? Getting your check. So that's that's the purpose. Yeah. Of that. So 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 the thing is, is that you have to be look. You have to ask people again. It's yeah. like hey, because the thing the, the show if the showrunner is on an overall, right? Yeah. Then he's you know he's not he's not worried about getting money, but he has money. Hey, dude. You know, I, I you know like I put lunches for the whole room on my card this week three times, and I ain't got the money yet. So can you hook me? Like, and there that's, are, there that's are, why you say the receipts. That's there are ways 100%. to communicate. Also, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> like is there a petty cash? Exactly. Yeah. Is the assistant right. working yeah, with anything? Assistant, yeah, right. is it petty cash? Yeah. I would just like to understand. Yeah. I I think a, the a, process an issue for a lot of these really green and new assistants mm-hmm. that people just there's like a lot of fear. I think just like there's this underlying current of fear, just like from everything I've listened to and the people that I've spoken to, it just Mm -hmm. feels like there's everyone's really freaked out to confront these higher ups. And And like, it just feels like I was I was listening to someone who worked it was a while ago and they loved working for house and they loved their job for David Shore. But like as soon as they started their job, there was a binder of resumes. Right. right, right? You heard this story Mm -hmm. of all the other people that could potentially be writers at the writer's assistant desk. And well, I'm not saying David did it, but somebody right. left this the actual binder with all the resumes of all the other assistants who had pro- who, so it's like who came. You letting up. them know as you can be you, redone. You that's fine. Really, and other people can yeah, take but, your job. It's like so. It just feels up. like oh, you fu- maybe you fucked up by yeah. by not asking for that a hundred dollars. Maybe of you course. fucked up for so it's like every little thing, and especially if not every boss is going to be as cool as you, you know. So it's like not every person is what if they're an asshole you know and you're scared to ask for that thing or you're Mm -hmm. scared to so it feels a lot of there's just this undercurrent of fear so it feels like everything is a tenuous sort of situation that you have to be very careful in how you navigate so sometimes it's just like is it worth asking for that five bucks for the coffee or should i just take the hit this time sometimes it's better to take the exactly okay how many times you want to go to that person go to that person can i have this can i have this or you want to be that so hold on what'd you say i mean look the whole thing is this the whole industry is run off fear Mm-hmm. It, it it burns everybody's choices about everything. It's like everyone's reacting to someone else, and I think that that just makes everyone's decisions. I mean, to me, but I also I also wonder how many other jobs people have worked that are like legitimate jobs mm-hmm. trying before they get these kind of like these creative jobs. Because it's because I I ask that because it's like it's like don't you know this is what you have to do because mm-hmm. it's like at jobs I've had. And there's an expense account. I mean, look, 
if if it if it's a nice company, they have an expense account. Mm-hmm. You have to go ask and, them and for they shit. Have HR. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, HR. yeah. You exactly. yeah, you go and ask them. Say, hey, what's up with all this expense account shit? You know, yeah. I, I remember, I remember, I remember. I was, I was working at one job one time, and I actually was in charge of doing, in charge of reconciling the expense account. Mm. You know, and I was like, well, and p- people who didn't come, but I, I was like. This motherfucker didn't pay for this drink. Is he gonna come and? I mean, like he paid for himself. Is is he not gonna come and, and t- tell me he wants that money back? Right. And I'll be like, Are you just letting your money sit? You know, in my pocket now. You know, because <laughs> what are you gonna do? But right. but I feel like a lot of it is there's a sense of being beholden to. It's like this whole kind of like, you know, it's just why it's, it's this surf. And like you know, and fucking. I'm like, taking it a step it's, further. It's, it's this yeah. surf and landed gentry kind mm-hmm. of thought mentality Ooh, of right. the minute Great I analogy. get here, I am now the surf until I can break out and become landed wow. gentry. And, and 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 but if I'm a surf, okay, I have no rights in, until I can get out. But that's not how it is. Right. And the thing is that you and you think that way because this is a dream you want. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you in your own mind know that you will give so much to have your dream. You will like, you know, slit someone's throat kind of thing. Not your mom's, yeah. but there's someone's throat that will get slit, <laughs> you know, to get your thing. And now that right. you have it, then you're like, well, <clears throat> so what else am I going to take to do? Because I really want this. Right. Yeah. As opposed to saying, no, this is a fucking corporation. You know why? Because fucking Disney's writing all the checks and they got shareholders and shit like that. So have them, just, you know what? And and Disney has all the damn shit to do right. Ask I'm a, them. Ask I'm, them. I'm going to simplify it even more. That's great. This is just my point of view. I'm probably going to get a lot of slack for this, but you know me, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, here's the way I see it. You guys were saying it earlier about fear, right? This industry is based on you do this job if you don't there's a thousand other people who will. Right. So you come in with the fear of that, exactly. right? Absolutely. You walk in the door going, shit, if I make one mistake, Absolutely. if I if I forget one receipt, if I mess up one coffee, Correct. if I do one typo, it's going to be a You know what I mean? You are you, replaceable. So, so you can imagine walking into that fucking glass shield, whatever the fuck it's called, with that, 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 that wall... Mm-hmm. Walking in on that makes you feel like you can't do anything. So if I pay, if I'm the writer's PA and I pay for somebody's coffee and this and this and this, I'm going to be hesitant to ask for it because I don't want it to be the thing that makes me leave. Of course. You know what I mean? Because because of $4. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Correct. But $4 to a PA who's making $12, $15 an hour is a lot of money. You know well, what I mean? You, you pick your battles and you're really good at this in terms of what I'm about to say, you mm-hmm. can also sort of turn it around and kind of look at it through a different lens. Like this is an opportunity and if I am the best PA, best assistant I can possibly be, I will be rewarded for that somewhere down the line. I may not be able to see it today, this week. That's exactly and that's what naive exactly what for sure. Always, no, there's some truth to but this. But if, you can, if you can manage to change your point of view to some degree that at least takes your brain off of that fear. Here's the piggyback to that. Let me just say this, Chris. Here's the piggyback to that, Tracy, is it may not be true with that said showrunner that you're trying to prove your point to, but you have seven other writers who see. Am I correct? Yes. Seven other writers see you. 
And yes. I'm gonna tell you, I, I think I've, I've talked to the talked about this For before sure. on the podcast about That's my 100%. producing partner, writing partner, Pamela is a big casting director. Every yeah. blue moon, her assistant can't. She's like, Hill, will you come work with me? And I'm on camera. I'm fucking going out, getting actors, doing all that shit. And I'm a fucking producer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we were working on the Cedric Entertainer show years ago, probably like eight years ago. And I was fucking doing everything and I walked up and I said, hey, you need some coffee or anything? He's like, oh, I would love some. And I said, hey, do we have coffee anywhere? She's like, no, Starbucks across the street. And I went, fuck it. So I ran across the street and I got four extra coffees in case anybody else wanted one. I paid for it. You know what I mean? Smart. And I came back and Cedric's like, who's this dude? He's fucking bad. We need to have him on the set. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And she laughed. She said, Cedric, he's a producer. Wow. He's like, what? He's like, dude, you fucking badass. You better. Then when I was done, the showrunner was like, Hillary and I, so you're a writer and producer? And yeah, she says, come in the writer's room. You know what I mean? Oh, so I got right. to hang out in there. Yeah. I was pitching shit. She was like, this dude is amazing. If that's we had great. room, we would bring him in. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm form. trying to tell you. Come on in, Richard. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to tell you is just about... Yeah. What yeah, you no, were saying 100%. is always being the best one. So no, my mentality is if I true. say I'm going to help you, I'm going to be the guy who, if you drop it, I pick it up. You know what I mean? It makes you just be that guy, yeah. Yeah. that girl, you know, Here's, whatever it is. To piggyback <clears throat> off that, there's just another hey, issue Richard. that I feel like is a another thing that was being brought up about kind of like that fear, but it's like saying no to your bosses mm -hmm. and, and, and being scared to say no to your bosses because sometimes it's like you're being asked to do things that you feel like, mm, I don't know if this is really in the realm of mm. like, you know, sometimes people are like asked to babysit your dog or your kids <laughs> exactly. or like, you're like, is this really a writer's <laughs> Is this an assist? I remember my friend worked at like UTA for a while and yeah. she literally had to like, watch her bosses like babysit for like wow. I was like how what is happening like That's crazy. yeah like just like baby and that was her job I mean mm -hmm. now she's like a huge agent at CAA mm -hmm. so like obviously look it paid off she like yeah, literally right. represents yeah. Ms. Maisel so like right. snaps yeah. her but nice. like I remember she ba was a babysitter for mm -hmm. years right well, that's a whole different type of abuse that happens to agencies because that's mm -hmm. that's another that's another type of job where they know that everyone is wants these jobs. They think everyone's replaceable. Yeah, I always say to my this is the two things about about making mistakes and stuff like that. You have to like a get the lay of the land of who your boss is before you before you take the job. Number one, you got to do that. Yeah, you got to interview them. You have to, you gotta interview them yeah. and and I don't think people work with that person enough. Mm -hmm. That person's a screamer, blah blah blah. Do you know what? Don't take that job. Mm -hmm. Don't take it and and and, and unless you are going to say it, if you take that job you can't you can't complain about shit cuz you fucking knew ahead of time <laughs> right. that that is going to be some but what if you do some some Sisyphean thing with to, to take not, the job to not take the job no to like not not take the job because you need the job you, have to you take need the, the money and you feel like you want your foot in the door and like you it, need it access it goes well, back well, to Chris's earlier right, so point then well then if you know if you if, if you want the job that bad you just deal with that's the thing about you know are you guilty until you're proven talented motherfucker you got to get you look look why this whole thing Sucks, Chris, right? Chris, hit on it though. Hold on, hold on. You have to have a real clarity about what your goal is oh. and what you're looking to do yeah. in the business. Yeah. Something right. may be worth it, it may not. Yeah. And there's no guarantee right. or there's no assurance right. that things are not going to go smoothly right. and that showrunner, that boss is not going to take advantage of right. you. We'd love that. But you really have to have that clarity, so at least you're making intelligent decisions. Because it's just not getting played. For, for instance, right. like the guy. So uh, there's a guy that Richard and I both know. He's a manager. Mm -hmm. Before he was a manager, 
I knew him from this alumni thing, and he was like, he wanted to get into producing and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I said, what are you doing now? He goes, I'm working for this woman over at uh, this magic company. And I was like, you're working for her? He's like, I know, it's so fucking hard. And I was like, well, he's, he's like, and I want to quit. I was like, well, okay, if, if you're going to be a producer, this is my suggestion. Stay there for another six, nine months. Because mm-hmm. everyone knows her reputation, mm-hmm. and they're going to know that if you were able to, like, if you withstand her fire, mm-hmm. you're a fucking, like, you know, then you're strong. Mm-hmm. So the, and he was like, really? I was like, yeah, people, I, look, like, you'll gain a lot of people's respect right. by going through that baptism of fire. Right. And it was done, shut his own management company afterwards. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah. you know what? I can fucking do this now because I've been through all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it was murder. He called me up and was like, motherfucker, this woman, I got to get out of here. And I was like, you know what? Just make that choice. And now he's doing really, really well. So it, it's, a, it's about that. To me, but also about making mistakes. Here's the thing about making mistakes. What people aren't really comfortable doing when they're younger is they're not comfortable like owning their mistakes. They're trying to like they're trying to like kind of like kind of massage it. Right. Ah, uh, well, you know this type of just own the mistake because everybody fucking makes mistakes. And be honest with be, yourself. Yes, be honest with yourself. You like know if what? You weren't sure whatever was happening at the time. You got to be honest with yourself about that. You yeah. Gotta, and you have to take some time and step back and do that. Yeah, or step away from day to day life yeah, and really have that honest conversation, conversation with yourself because the, the worst thing that will happen to you is is that if you make mistakes and you don't and it's really <clears throat> there's a chunk of that is up to you to, is because is what you're doing you have to be able to say this is what I'm doing and also you got to say to yourself um, you got to say to yourself you know, like, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. You know, what did I not like? You, you know, this thing that I, this thing we talk about, we say to Willie all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to hear. I thought you were doing this. Oh God, on the set. Uh, if I hear that, I I'm like, that. motherfucker. Then you know what? <clears throat> hate that. You know what? If if, if that happens. So, so here's the mental process that means communication yeah. it's, it's, it's terrible right. someone's not communicating right. but also you knew it and right. didn't check it because right. you said I thought you were doing this to be like hold on is someone still doing this let, let me find exactly. out hey you doing this exactly. no okay then let me do it or exactly. or, or well, well who's supposed to do this but mm-hmm. I thought you were doing this when there's spilled milk on the floor <laughs> and there's egg and shit exactly. it's like well now everyone's fucked because right. no one's prepared that's one of those things hopefully if you're fortunate you learn in business or coming up as a business person like whatever you're doing assume nothing but whether someone tells you or not you got to go and check it out for yourself but, 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 right but yes. that's that's the reason why i said i think a lot of people who, who get into this who get into this business in, in, in your positions they haven't worked at other high stakes corporate jobs to know about the responsibility yeah, that you, they, you would surely know that, that, that they, they put on you and i think that i think a lot of people are just i mean if, if you're fresh out of school the way both these people are or you know, graduate program or something like that or maybe you've worked a few jobs but you haven't worked at a high stakes job I mean, it's like i said to people all the time you're working for an entrepreneur who's just been given a hundred million dollars for funding. Mm-hmm. That's a high stakes thing, mm-hmm. and it can get killed mm-hmm. very quickly. So Here's that you have you have to you know to ask uh, ask questions. Right. Here's something ask else. Ask a lot of questions. That's, like that's, that. that that's really insane when you put it like that. Like yeah. I don't know if I've ever. I don't know. That really hit home the way you contextualize it. So yeah, I, really, I really appreciate that. It's really in a nutshell. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's that's real. Here's something that I know Liz and them were talking about on the live yeah. um, uh, episode. Also, everybody should listen. Is it Script Notes who did it? Or Script Notes? Right? Uh, script yeah, notes. Script Notes. Yeah. Script, yeah. Script yeah. Notes yeah, they did a they did a live episode with the town hall with mm-hmm. assistants. We're not like yeah. three weeks ago, a month mm-hmm. ago. It was great, and um, they talked about 
One of the issues is, like, if I'm a showrunner, right, I'm putting together my show. I know how much you're making as a staff writer. I know how much you're making as a co-producer. I know how much you're making as a co-exec. They don't know how much the assistants are making no. for the most part because it's not really on their radar. Just so they just assume because the, assist, because the studio is like, we're giving you an assistant, yep. that whatever that fee is, is fine because they okayed it. Right. Instead of going, what do you need? Yeah. Right? They, they said, what do you need? Right. Right? As, the writer, as a writer. Yeah. That's why they negotiate. That's why sometimes you get in a room, they haven't finished their deal yet. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they still are negotiating right. my credit and how much I'm making a week or whatever. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so they don't take the time to do that with the assistants because the assistants can't come and go. Yeah, that's part of the problem. They really go in on that mm-hmm. on that on that episode, because yeah. um, she was saying one of them was saying what assistants should do in their meeting. If I recall, please correct yeah. me, no, and we'll have Liz on to double correct everything yeah. I'm saying anyway. She's, um, she's a queen. Something like when you're having your meeting and they say you're fifteen dollars an hour, twelve, fifteen, what thirty, whatever the fuck it is, you should say, I really want this job. Um, you know, I feel like I could kill it and I love it, blah, 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 blah. In order for me to, to live, I would probably would need to make another $5, right? Which is about $100 a week, right? Say it. Just fucking tell them. Yeah. Right? I'm paraphrasing. In most like, cases, it's the truth. I'm totally paraphrasing or the way like, she said this. is there any room to... Yeah. Maybe, like, is there any room to... Right. Oh, go, that's where I was going. That's, that's how you finesse uh, the question. Uh, that's okay, how I was saying, little is Everything is a negotiation. Is there up on this? Yeah. Right. It was like getting a fifty or sixty hour guarantee. Yeah, that's what I say. Sixty right. hour week guarantee. That's what you want. Right. Yeah, that's sixty true. hour with overtime. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. That's you what don't you want. want to leave anything on the table if it's right. not Correct. more per hour. It's those additional hours, perhaps. But again, if you don't speak up yeah. and ask the question and mm-hmm. find out, here's, it's here's not what I was happen, thinking about. Most likely, and I love that you just reminded us about negotiation. Like anything's a negotiation. Here's the thing you have to remember, and I realize this is already part of the budget, but even this is negotiated. Say I'm top of the call sheet as the actor, and I want 400000 a week. What? Just think about that. Yeah. So they can pay. There is money in the budget. You know, you know, on the fucking, you know, on the budget yeah. list yeah. that says such and such, top of the call sheet, $400,000 every week. Week. If that's their okay. quote, that's their per quote. episode. Yeah. If you could afford that, right. I think you $5. can afford a hundred dollars more a week for somebody yeah. for exactly. twenty week, whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? And they act See. like they can. You they can literally act like. It's, Believe me, it's they have the contingencies for like five dollars. You know? They have it's the contingencies. It, you know what? It's not even contingency. There's all that padding. Padding, right, sure. Right, right. On top of that, the slush fund money, that, exactly. you know, exactly. paying off people to shut up. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of money in the budget. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. You and know, is that the line producer, essentially, that is yeah. going to be his job? Yeah. 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 Which, again, is something that if you're the PA, that's like that's one of the angles you could go into. You know, yeah. UPM, line producer, right. first AD. Right. I mean, because the thing you see a lot, or I see this a lot, is I see a lot of... UPMs or first ADs get you know like credit like like yeah. like like co EP credit on mm-hmm. um, movies not yeah. necessarily on TV shows but on mm-hmm. movies they because they're like motherfucker you did a lot of shit because they run in the they fucking run set in now. a lot of shit <laughs> exactly because I was watching Edge of Tomorrow the other day and I was yeah. like oh yeah I was sorry guys Chris I was like oh yeah he's the UPM and this and, and yeah because you do, and I was like oh that's a big fucking movie so you yeah. need to get all your money you yeah. know because you got a lot to deal with. Yeah. 
Even, um, like I said, then that's a negotiation. It's a negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, His like agents are like, uh, you know, when whoever such and such comes on, yeah. they kind of run the show. Yeah. So they need to be an EP. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll take this credit and, and this, this credit. credit. And, and guess what? Money. Both of them have different fees. Yeah. <laughs> and I want two fees. And exactly. I want two to come streams with the money okay. coming in. $100 million you can afford. Never. it. <laughs> wow. What, what other kind of things are they talking um, about? Fear of retaliation. There's like just like a big fear of retaliation because it's happened to a lot of people and you know it can you can say that you're not allowed to do that and it's like blah blah but it happens and the way that it happens is super insidious so it won't be that you're fired from that show but mm-hmm. it'll be that once that mini room ends you're not Here's you're not asked to come back you're not gonna get True. the next thing you're not what? gonna you're, you're you're kind of blocked from then Let's getting, talk about that for a second. You know, so it's it, it it's it's not just that it's it's the next project, the next season. The so it's this fear that's very real because it manifests here's, not in a direct way. Here's my thought on that. Go ahead. <clears throat> and maybe it's just from being a person of color, being a black man yeah. in this business. I almost expect never to be coming back <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I live my life like that. Yeah. So I'm always going. What's next? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we put too much onus on the thing. And we go, that's all it is. I only have that one thing. What's next? Yeah. Right? Oh. Let me finish my thought. I apologize. And so for me, I'm like, okay, they don't bring me back next year. Like my show I was just on, I wouldn't have been able to come back anyway. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was too fucking busy. They had to really pay me to come back. Yeah. Right? Now, you have to decide for yourself what you're going to be doing to be busy enough to move on to the next thing. And we're in a time where we can make our own projects where we shouldn't be waiting for them to make our own stuff anyway. We should be doing crazy ass girlfriend shit. You know what I mean? And let let, um, Eileen Brosh McKenna find you. You know what I mean? That's the type of thing you should be doing, in my opinion, instead of just sitting around trying to be somebody's assistant. Well, no, absolutely. You know how to do this. That's the goal that I feel like when you're super low level, how do you... A hundred percent. Like, And I feel like... Yes, and you want to be always at least at minimum like writing a sample a year, mm-hmm. like minimum, right? Like trying and like making those projects happen. But mm-hmm. I feel like when you're super low level, how do you manifest that? And especially well, when you're, when you're in LA, your though, you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, but you know? I think, but see, there's a little two different things there. Is that I uh, parsing it is this this is a small town, mm-hmm. the retaliation comes back in a lot of ways. It's like you can't get a recommendation. That that's that was my other okay. Yeah. So if you can't get a recommendation, that really fucks you. Mm-hmm. And if a person won't fuck you, or I mean, I mean, if, if that's just they just won't. I mean, I mean, a friend of ours we know, you know, like she worked on a show and she couldn't get a record. And, and, mm-hmm. and the thing is, now this was worse. Um, that's rough. You know, just you know, like you know, that girl was crazy. Um, um, I'm, I'm just trying to verify Cena's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, um, Sometimes it's you, bitch. That's yeah, all I'm yeah. saying. Well, yeah. But, 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 but the thing is that happened to her is, is that these people said they would give her recommendations and they right. didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. they're like, you're crazy. Right. And But she had a lot of shit happen to her on set. And it just, it's like, I mean... There's no way to deal without the retaliation. But again, that has to go back to you have to find additional people. See, this is where you have to play these other type of games that are really counterintuitive, but you have to think about it this way. The person who you worked for, who you got in a, you know, like a squabble with, mm-hmm. and you're like, this motherfucker, they're not going to give me a recommendation. I'm not going to either come back as an assistant or blah, blah, blah. 
Who hates them? Oh, who I was going I was going the opposite way. I thought you were going to hate them because I thought you were going to say something like then I can go and say because hold on, okay, so let me go ask that person for a job. But I thought you were going to say you have to do shit like that. I thought you were going to say, um. What did I learn from this? <laughs> you learned that too. Hold on, hold on. You learned that too. That is a that was a way to go. What'd you say, Richard? Come on, come on the mic. Oh shit! Richard Scott's jumping on y'all. Hello, I'm so sorry. It's just this is exactly what happened. I was 23. Hillier knows my backstory. Right. Uh, I was Lieutenant Governor of Maryland's assistant um, at the age of 23, right out of school. Um, And I got caught up in a political rhombus between the Senate president, the attorney general, the lieutenant governor, and the governor of Maryland. Why? Because I was young, black. uh, I was a great orator and had built a reputation for myself around the state for giving speeches uh, to the point where the lieutenant governor wasn't feeling it because he he had a little rock star on his hands. Uh So the governor made me cut my hair because the Senate president went on mm. tour telling people that I need to cut my hair. Why? Because I wouldn't take a job from him. <laughs> wow. Uh, so we got caught up in this whole family affair. And so anyways, the, <laughs> the wow. lieutenant governor and, the, and I, our relationship soured as a result of that. And they wanted me to move on, which mm. I was cool with. And at this point, my relationship with him and with the governor wasn't the greatest because I was like, y'all both fucked me (laughs) when y'all both said behind closed doors that this wasn't a thing. And then to the Senate president, I'm like, you fucked me. You're supposed to be my grandfather and you fucked me. (laughs) So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so they come, they come back to me. They're Richard, we want you. We'll, we'll help you. We'll help you go where you need to go. I'm Mm -hmm. like, cool. So I come back and I was like, well, I would really love to work for attorney general Gansler or for executive uh, uh, Rashawn Baker. <laughs> and they just looked at me and their eyes flared because both of those guys would be running against the lieutenant governor <laughs> in the next election. <laughs> and so when I said that, funny. that was basically me saying, hey, fuck you. That's hilarious. I'll be okay. <laughs> and like as a 23-year-old <laughs> assistant, I went out into the end. The one thing I, I remember that, that uh, meeting Earl goes, hey, the one thing we don't want you doing is floating out in the ether. <laughs> and I was like, that's because, yeah, I have secrets yeah. and I know people exactly. and I am petty. Yes. I will come back. <laughs> 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 and that's my story. Sorry. Yeah, so no. assistance out that's there. Exactly. Yeah. That's definitely exactly. find people. That's so true. Like I grew up in politics and it was like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's a right. trope, but it's true. Like mm-hmm. I don't fuck with you, but I have information on him or her. Right. So it's good. Right. That's my story. Oh, thanks, Richard. That was awesome, man. That Thank you. That was hilarious. <laughs> that, that sounds like a, okay, a story. A, that sounds know. like a literal story. I exactly. have a show called Princes of Maryland based on that. <laughs> Let's see it. I would watch that. That's that's so. I would watch that. Awesome. Cool. What else we got? What are they talking about? Okay. Well, um, give us like one more. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> one more. Um, okay. I think the the last biggest thing then is probably just a lot of assistants talked about being expected to work above your pay grade um, and and in the guise of it. Okay, so it's like figuring out this fine line mm-hmm. of, of bosses asking their assistants to, you know, in the guise of like, like to babysit for me and shit like that. No, 
No, no this more? is more, yeah, no, this is more direct stuff with writer's assistants. Okay. So this is the, I'm grooming you to become a writer mm-hmm. and then writing people's pitches and oh. outlines and oh, scenes boy. and covering people on set. <clears> and then like, I, I listened to a story where, where someone wrote an entire episode of a show and never got credit wow. as a writer's assistant. That's fucked up. Yeah, no, super fucked up shit. And like, I, I don't think that these people are like malicious. I think that that they're, you know, they think that they're they're giving these people like an amazing right. learning experience and, and you know, an opportunity for growth but then we as writers assistants like we end up we end up being treated like support staff mm-hmm. and then so I think however from like where we're sitting it feels a lot like we're being taken advantage of and like the dreams of people who are over well, me, qualified and underpaid for the work that we're doing so right. I, I just think that the question is like where's the line right, because well, I don't me. think that we're entitled to anything or mm-hmm. or whatever but I just think that like when um, you know I this, just go ahead. I remember ahead. this yeah. question came about when, if I recall, it was something about how like a lot of the shows we know are, are top heavy now, right? So that means everybody's co EP or co producer and higher, right? So that means they they bring in three or four assistants, right? Right Correct. at an assistance fee Correct. and let them do staff writer Correct. stuff. As an assistant, Correct. You know, correct. That's Correct. what that's what they were talking. It's about. it's <laughs> just that that uh, um it's like. If you're going to hire an assistant for your show, I don't think that they should also be expected to do an entirely different job that would pay right. four to five times their Agreed. actual salary Agreed. if they're being properly paid, not to mention not credited for right. that work. Mm-hmm. So it's you want to prove yourself to your bosses. You want to show that you can do that so you will get those jobs. But at the same time, where is that line when you're not being properly paid or salaried? Correct. So it's just, I, I feel like... Well, okay, so <laughs> I, have, I have two two maybe opposing thoughts on this yeah. I mean like one is you know this town is rife with fucking full <laughs> with fucking free work this is rife with it yeah. you know like like again I'll come back with the the, the Chris McQuarrie because I listened to him the other day about this he was talking about how he um was he was writing that thing that movie called The Tourist mm-hmm. a long time ago maybe 10 years ago he was doing a draft of it and a bunch of money was 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 contingent upon if Tom Cruise was going to star in the movie. You know, really? I hate that. You know, <laughs> big big, and he was and he was like, "I'm gonna do the work." I'm like, mm-hmm. I went did the work, and then Tom Cruise didn't star in the movie. <laughs> oh, so he fucking lost all his money. Mm-hmm. And then and time, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like like time and money. Mm-hmm. But but but. What he said was, he said, but you know, like two years later, I was ready to quit the business. Mm. I told my wife, I was, he was like, I, I was in Spain. I told my wife this thing. It was like, I have to, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'll find something else to do. And then he comes back to the States and he sees Tom Cruise has this meltdown, this whole meltdown thing with oh, Paramount, right. everything like that. Right. And mm. he says to his manager, he was like, can you give me a general with Tom Cruise? And... You know, his manager was like, "You've you never asked me for for for, for a general with anybody ever." He's mm. like, "He's like, I didn't realize the power I had." Mm. So he goes in and and he go he meets with the people, couple people in so and so, and then Paul Wagner they find meets Tom Cruise, and the first thing Tom Cruise says is, "He's like, dude, I'm sorry I fucked you on the tourist. I'm sorry I fucked you on the tourist." Oh, so he knew. He knew. Huh? He knew that. Mm. And what Chris Mar- and what Chris McQuarrie said is, "Don't sweat it. Mm. I knew the risk that I was taking. Like, like, like when I did that." Mm. 
And then mm. he took the pressure off. He took the pressure off of him because mm-hmm. he was like, "I'm quitting the business anyway." <laughs> so I don't, I don't really care. Right. But after that meeting, Christopher said, this, "This, yeah, this is like this is usually go back." After oh, that, oh, but but after that meeting, he's been Tom Cruise's like you know like right. like number one guy. Right. He did Valkyrie. He did, he, he he did, he did Top, Top Gun. Gun. He's done the he's done the four Mission Impossible yeah. movies. Yeah. He did the Reacher movies. He's done all this shit because he came in and said, "I am not." Blaming you for probably costing me like a million or so dollars, mm-hmm. you know, and not that time that I did. Yeah, no, there's sure. all this. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of, you know, and and so there's that thing, you know. Yeah, yes. absolutely. General, yeah. well, I would, but so, let me just okay. So that's the one side. So mm-hmm. you add so and free work. There's free work. That, see, I think the thing that that writers just don't know is they ask motherfuckers like the feature writers to do free work up the ass Dude, spend I'm, I'm six in it, months I'm in it now for sure. trust me like spend six months prepping the pitch researching the fucking bio historic movie blah 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 uh, uh, so there's a hot there but there's a difference between the free right there's an issue of the free work and then there's an issue between the credit right there's the free work. I feel like there's no, no, two no, separate let me finish, issues let me finish. Right? there okay. is but so, so the thing is, is that so you come in so you the feature stuff has so you come in and they might do these bake-off things where they say, hey, we fucking want to hear your take. You come in and prep it and blah, blah, blah. And they go, but, well, I'm not going to take your take. But they're taking notes on what your take was to use it in, because they meet five people and they're taking pieces for, for, for everybody's That's take. Fine. But you're not getting paid for that. That's if, fine. Except, except if it shows up in the movie, you know, yeah. hey, that was my storyline. Yeah, that's a pitch. That's normal. To me, that's normal. Like, that's cool, right? You're contributing a pitch. That's different than writing an entire episode, right? Well, yeah, no, so, it's awful. That's, yeah, yeah, that's so, to me. That's no, no, just no, no, so, so there's right. that. So there's the pitch where they might ask you to do, you know, like three or four extra drafts. Can get you in the WGA. That can get you health care. No, no, it, it's not. It's just the pitch. No, not the pitch. I'm oh, the thing. The, episode. the thing. The episode. Course, pitch, yeah, if you're that's crazy, crazy, but, but, but you're that missing the point. You're missing the point. Here's what you mentioned. It's the free work. If if it wasn't free, it would also be pension help. It'd also be paid. Yeah. If it wasn't free, yeah, you get paid for. No, 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 no. I don't care. If you weren't that. in the right. guild and you did a pitch right, right, and they right. paid you, you'd be able to get in the guild. Oh. See what I mean? So you're missing. The, that's why you're oh, missing I see, the point. I see. Yeah. It's I not see. just about writing the script. Right, right. You right. get paid for an outline. You get paid pay for, for a pitch. Treatment. You get paid oh, really? for, for a polish. You if get paid for like else. There's all these little things that that will qualify you to get in the guild. But you. But they're asking you. I mean, like, like, like when I first started getting feature work, they would give you these things. Like it was like a three-step deal. That's that's there's, there's, there's now it's one or two. It's one, one, like step, yeah. one step. One step. There's there's, <clears> there's <throat> the first draft, the second draft, and the polish. That's how all the deals were. Okay. But now it's just the one step that's in the contract. But they want you to do the other other work. So you're doing exactly. that work for free. That right. ten years ago that you were getting paid for. Oh, wow. And it's and it's, so you need less money, yeah. way less money, and it's and, and it's and it's extended out over. <laughs> You know, you know, because right. each step is maybe like it's like a ten week writing period and mm-hmm. a ten week period of of uh, uh you know of no yeah. stuff like that. So wow. I get so I get one payment that's that's gonna stretch over thirty weeks right. as opposed to one payment that's gonna stretch over right. ten weeks. So everybody thinks so you're making oh you got a hundred thousand dollars for that. Wow. It's that like yeah, it took me over. it took me a year, a year to get that Yeah, so 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 there's that's what I'm saying. You got to look at it and say okay, so there's all these different ways to do it. I mean, you know, and you turn around you. If you now it's different television. The thing about television yeah, yeah. is, is that if you're a staff writer, 
you get the credit, you ain't getting the money. They ain't paying you anyway. Yeah. So, but you, you get the residuals. You get the residuals. Yeah. But, right, but, but, you, but you want. But the here's credit. the deal. But here's the deal, though. Were you about to say something? No, go ahead. Okay. But here's the deal, though. In my opinion, though, the difference between that, <clears throat> if you're on staff, you get paid every week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you write a pilot and you sell it. You know, it's kind of like the same thing. You go through right, the same steps right. you have with a feature right, film right, correct, where yeah. it takes you a while to get paid for that, right, too. Right, Some right. people, six, eight months before they right. ever get paid. Right, right. And they that's sold it six, eight months ago. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? It takes mm-hmm. a long time for the lawyers and the business affairs to work out their deal because yeah. they got 30 other ones that they're doing at the same time. Right. You know what I mean? So and that makes sense. Yeah. So just because you hear somebody, oh, they sold something on deadline and they just got a pilot. They don't have no money for a couple months. Right. You know what I mean? Unless you're fucking John August, yeah. and something. that's that's assuming <laughs> everything goes smoothly. Exactly. Forget if like exactly. they don't feel like paying you, right. then you got to get your lawyer to get on the phone or your manager or whoever else. Yeah. But I was just gonna throw in like Please. the challenges that you raised that Ariel has raised mm-hmm. for assistance out there would be assistance PAs. I think the best way to address it, I don't want to say solution, but you address <laughs> that by doing more work you got to work on your own projects we've all said it said on the podcast many many times Mm -hmm. but so that eventually you have enough of a body of work so that your work can also speak for you and you're not just you know a dude or a young lady Mm -hmm. who's on the set you know trying to be a pa yeah yeah yeah, because because that's what you do if you to the question like what do you do about it it's like yeah wasn't that project? Yeah, yeah, because like, wasn't that one thing that like that like Latoya Morgan tweeted about? You better have like one project. You would have one script. She said at least you gotta have at least one script. Is what she said. Oh, year, right? Yeah, one thing a year. You have to at minimum one sample a year, and and that's minimum. No matter what your work schedule, whatever. And to me, I'm saying to myself, that's wild. Because it's like the thing that's happening to me right now. You know, to me now, I have a different perception on this. If you wrote a good script, a really fucking good script, and I want you on my show, and it's not really of that genre, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, but, I, but like, I know you can write, but some people are like, well, show me something that, you know, that Some is, people are literal. Genre, yeah. yeah. They can't. They just they don't, can't don't see it they that don't way. See it, a, lot you know? <laughs> a, a lot of people. A lot of people are. But the thing is, is that, you know, they were like, what do you, so, so, like, do you, so like, do you have a genre sample? I was like, mm-hmm. yes. I right. do. I'll send you the next day. Right. When you, you know? say genre sample, you mean like drum, like sci-fi, sci-fi like sci-fi, horror. Yeah. sci-fi okay. or horror. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean on the genre committee, which we all are on, it's yeah. considered everything, comedy, everything. Yeah, yeah. But that's not how Hollywood see it. They yeah. still see it as genres, yeah. sci-fi and horror and yeah. action and whatever the fuck. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Okay. But, it's funny because yeah. like. In school, like we're literally taught, like you need to be so specific and like only write that. I'm like, well, my interests are kind of vast, so I want to write us. this and then this and then this well, and then this. Mm-hmm. I get that, like you want to market yourself at first as like kind of having a specific thing, and that's cool. I like that, but mm-hmm. like I kind of want to do what my passion takes. Like I'm really interested in this, and then I want to like do that, and then I, I think there's a way around that. that. Yeah, tell me, but it's just my opinion. Please, please, and tell you guys, tell me what you think about this. I found for me. I write underdog stories. So it could be horror, it could oh, be drama, it could I be comedy, it could that. be whatever, but you always see the same theme that is great, um, within it. So if you could figure out what that thing is you write, That's dope. to me, then you can dispel well, like that, that yeah, a little bit. So, right, so, th- okay, you look, people, 
they tell you in school and people in town and the, and the manager people the manager will, will want to pigeonhole you yeah. because it makes it easier for them yeah. to try to sell yeah. you. Yeah. But I used to say to people all the time, I was like, look, man, if I just spent a year writing a fucking crime drama, mm-hmm. I've like exhausted everything in my in, in my yeah, exactly. hind to write that crime drama. I'm totally. not going to turn around and do another one. Right. And then it became when I started figuring out like, how do I, again, it's like what you're saying about like, what's your brand? How do you sell yourself? Right. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I say, look, I write stories about men and women who battle to find like the good in themselves set against super technoramicized backdrops. Mm. Okay, okay, so, so that's mm-hmm. what I say. Yeah. So it could be fucking any right. genre, yeah. what, what, period yeah. piece. Because yeah. if I'm doing a period piece, then it's like, well, is it going to be Dr. Zhivago or yeah. is it going to be you know something like Little Women? Right. No, it's going to be Dr. Zhivago oh, cause that be, just, see, like, because that see because because that's what yeah. I write. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going to write you know a science fiction piece, yeah. is it going to be Blade Runner or is it going to be something right. that's like Star Wars? Mm-hmm. It's going to be closer to Star Wars because it's, it's like, like these. It's, I write about generational trauma, it's, it's, whether that's yeah. in like yeah. horror, horror, whether that's in is. thriller, yeah. whether that's in comedy. Right. Like I can find a way to like do that in in some way. Right. It doesn't need to be at all. Climate. But see, if you lead with that and people read that on the page, they get you in whatever yeah, drama you do. So, I've you know never, I mean? I've literally never heard that yeah. in that way. That Th- is that's one way, in my opinion. What do you advice. think, Tracy? Very important to work that out. And yeah. Because all of us do all kind of different right. things. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and I had a, I met with someone recently who mm-hmm. said, well, you know, Tracy, this is cool. And we all have the project, our passion projects. We mm-hmm. write the the shows or the films that we want to see, <clears throat> but you also have to have something that very clearly, for lack of a better description, sort of demonstrates your brand or Correct. your area of expertise. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of things in my background that I feel like I bring a lot of things to the party, mm-hmm. yeah. but all of those things aren't necessarily in the scripts right. that I had. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was not, easy for me to hear at the time mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. to have that honest conversation right. and um you know back in the lab back to the drawing board so right. remember that also yeah. right. whatever is and unique about you and distinguishable you have to really really look at your material and you should always be working on something new anyway right. yeah. but make sure that those things about you are in that material because they may not be. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not good. No, for but sure. But they may not be fully serving you yeah. in right. the way that you That's need. That's something that I feel like we're not really hitting on in class. And like I found, I've I'm been. But remember, to it's class. No, yeah. totally. So it's not the real world. Hundred yeah. percent. Exactly. We, we learned the hard way. Exactly. And I've been trying to figure that out on my own. And like, what is that like essence of me that I can mm-hmm. really bring to like all my pieces and mm-hmm. and bring to what I'm writing? And how can I? Because like I have like different interests, but like how can I like. Take my essence. Well, and like, well, put that, yeah. You know? Well, see, okay. For instance, is, you know, but the thing is, is that it's hard because people will point to successful people who do certain things. Like people, oh, yeah. people will point. Like for instance, everyone knows Stephen King as a yeah. horror writer, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't like horror. And it wasn't until he put out the Dark Tower stuff that I was like, I, I, I was yeah. like, I, I was like, you know what? That I can read Stephen so King right well now because yeah, he's yeah. doing like this fantasy stuff, which I like. Mm-hmm. And I read it, and I go, this motherfucker is an awesome writer. Yeah, it, sure. you know, and, and I don't think nobody writer. can touch Stephen you, King. You're like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm gonna go back and write that. Mm-hmm. And it's like <laughs> that. The thing is, is that it, it's tricky because you go, this is what these people do, yeah. and then it, there's there's a level of trying to deconstruct what people really do and then how they're packaged 
you know, because there's a whole thing. There's a whole thing where Stephen King these things called the Richard Bachman stories, hmm. where like he wrote all these other stories where he didn't even use his name. You oh, know, really? yeah, they called Richard Bachman is like a pseudonym oh. that he used because he was trying to come out and do short right. stories of like that. Like there's like like there's a sh- like a. Um, I don't say it's not, it's, not, it's not like soft porn, but it's kind of like pulp stuff that he wrote under Richard Bachman. Mm. But it's still his great writing, mm-hmm. you know. And when it finally got out that that was him, they're like, "Oh well, fuck yeah, this is you because right. it's uh-huh. so fucking good." Um, but it just it's, wasn't on brand. It just wasn't on brand. But you know, but I I think that you know, as a people who write movies, I mean, look, if you say to yourself, for instance, so Demi Lindelof has got The Watchmen out now, right? Okay. So, but if you go back in his career, and it's like okay. So the first thing he created, created was Lost. Mm-hmm. It's like this, and it's this, it's this, this elevated, this elevated fantasy genre where we're exploring these people's past lives mm-hmm. and the trauma that their past life is now is affecting their current thing. You mm-hmm. know, okay, cool. That's kind of what that Lost is. But 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 the but the veneer of it is this other thing. But then if you look at the leftovers, which is the next thing he created, mm-hmm. it's a very similar type of thing where it's like it's the past mm-hmm. lives of these people, the trauma that's affecting them, and how they're going through this with this events happening now mm-hmm. that's somewhat fantastical, which is kind of like Lost, a fantastical mm-hmm. event. In The Watchmen, there's so much of everyone's backstory. It's like, what the fuck is and going on with these people? Right. People disappear. Right. Yeah, people like, can't keep back. Like, literally so, that. See, so, so again, but so he's handling the yeah. same thing that he's really good. He's just finding these. He's finding Different these vehicles ways. that allow him to jump mm-hmm. into it. I mean, this goes back to think that that like, I, and you I, see his voice. You throughout. see his voice. Oh, and, yeah. and the thing <clears> is, the, the thing I say all the time about people is that no one wants to do your movie. They want to do you know their TV show, like your movie or their TV show. What they want to do is their shit have you figured out what their shit is and say I, you know what this fits yeah. within your wheelhouse oh, 100%. you know and if you do if you do that then you can right. find then you find the right creative partners who, who want to work with you all of Which us what he did with Watchmen yeah, I just all saw of, him speak at the WGA it was yeah. I mean it's why Watchmen worked is because the team he assembled mm-hmm. was so black and all, so interesting and all of us all of us have been on meetings at companies yeah. whether from a general to actual pitch meetings and they start talking about what's on their roster yeah. and you start talking about your background and you realize oh that that thing like you said that thing that I do actually fits with that thing that you guys want to do yeah. and instead of I could pitch you all day oh, I got this project I got this project and they all sound great to you but they're none of the projects you guys have that you're waiting to, for somebody to walk right. in the door and go we could do our spin on that right. <laughs> that's all they want right. nobody wants to do your original fucking, everybody thinks they do but they don't. <laughs> it's very few. When they say we're looking for things, we're looking for things from somebody who could do the things that we want. Right. right. What they already for. have the, they know. They, what have they, a, they have a kernel. Sometimes right. it's just like we want to do a Western. We don't know what it is. Right. Somebody needs to come in and bring something to us. Like, you know, we want to do something with two women, you know, whatever. Yeah, about, you know. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's, and everyone will do something that's like fits what they're trying to do. I mean, you know, if you're going to go to, I, I I think there's a, a interesting I, I don't know about this but I'm curious to see can men go to like Reese Witherspoon's company and pitch her a project and make it go you know that stars men you mean or no no or no, no, no men in general just, men um, stories you know, I don't see why not no, yeah, 
Yeah, but well, but, so but well, yeah, but but the thing is, you probably have to come. You, but you have to figure out what she wants to do. Yeah, for sure. And then do a story that that, that you as a male creator can do. Right. You know, and and this, and I'm sure they'll be like, well, fuck, that's that's I what would, we want to do. I would think in this climate, you probably would, well, no, you, I, you, you probably would need another female yeah, on your team. Well, I would think. I mean, it's possible, but in I, this climate. but I say that because everyone kind of like kind of skips the fact that. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the show she just did HBO thing? Uh, Big Little Lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah Big yeah. Little Lies. Mm-hmm. David E. Kelly's writing that, right. but the author's a woman, and the All Stars woman. You know, and now, but he has a but he has a damn brand of writing right. strong women. True. You know, and he so just did another one with Amy Adams, right? right? Yeah. So it's kind of like so you have to. I mean, so it's kind of like who's gonna come in and like mm-hmm. picture something that fits with what she wants to do. Right. It doesn't matter who you are, you know. Now, now she's not gonna do something that's that's too, too masculine. No. Just she would never do it. She's like, there's other, there's other people who yeah. will do it. It's just I, I remember this thing. These friends of mine told me there was these co-pieces on the Mad, Mad Men, and I was I seen this subscription read, and they were like, these are fucking great. You guys know how to fucking write, but there's ten people who are doing this. You know who are who who they already have who already have overalls mm-hmm. that do this work, and the thing is, what you have can't go to them because <clears throat> that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to find someone else who wants to do this type of work that doesn't have an overall deal and that is fucking you know that is looking for someone new to, to break in. That's and 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 that makes the target so much more narrower mm-hmm. as opposed to you write something that is so unique to what you can do. And then they're like, "Well, this is you know, fuck, you know, I'm, I, I, this, I, I, I come in and do this, come in and do this." I mean, you hear, you hear all. I mean, I remember, I remember there's a story that that Damon s- said one time about who they hired for the second season of Lost. This is kind of a famous story, is that somebody wrote a you know an hour one of a new episode of a new of a new season of Twenty Four. Mm. You know, and they were like, oh. That's interesting thing that you they made like it was a spec they, yeah they spec they spec which seems like a show that'd be fucking hard to like that you could spec you know but he was like well no if it's the ne- if it's another day oh, right. then I'm creating the whole thing myself it's like this is the first hour of that day whatever right. it is and I, m- I remember he was he was talking about like oh that like like that kind of blew him away because mm-hmm. and and that person got hired in the room for like laws and I was like yeah because they knew. You know, like the people on that on who are on that show are probably liking Twenty Four, mm-hmm. but they need someone who. But 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 their show is, their show is not Twenty Four. Well, but also, Lost you is know. a very self contained story. Like yeah. each episode is a very. It, I can see like the structure being mm-hmm. very similar, and to come up with those kind of story. I mean, it makes sense. For that's sure. very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's cool. an awesome that's episode. Really we could go on and on and on about yeah. this assistant thing. It's amazing. It's sure. crazy. Like I said, we're going to have Liz on and in, in New Year for sure. Um, thank you all so much. Yeah, thank, you thank you for, for having coming. me. That thank was you. incredible. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Where where can people find you, Ariel? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at queef underscore Latina. How do you spell that? Q W E E F underscore Latina. Queef me. What a queef. <laughs> it's it's instead it's of Queen like Latina, so Queef Latina. Uh, I'm teasing. Q W E E F underscore L A T I N A, and you can find me on Instagram at Ariel Ramos at Ariel Ramos. Awesome. I'll accept you. It's private. I can make it public. <laughs> Chris, uh, um, um, Tracy, where you at? Uh, on Twitter, <laughs> the real Trey T H E R E E L T R A Y. DMs are open. <laughs> Tracy Grant on Facebook, T R A C Y. You still working with them goofy brothers or what? I got one for you for sure. <laughs> um, uh, help you help you get your life, <laughs> men and women. <laughs>
<laughs> Chris Derek, where you at? Uh, unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. Richard, I always forget. No DMs for me. <laughs> we got that crazy you down one. With the DM. We got that crazy one. The other day. I was like, did you get that? Which one? I forgot. I'll tell you. All right, we'll go with that. I was like, wait a minute. Where you at, Richard? I forgot. I'm not on social media. Oh, that's right. You one of them you damn Luddites. It? You turned yeah. it off? Uh, yeah. But that's why you don't respond to it when I put you in shit. <laughs> no, I'm going to be doing like a rebrand. I'm going to rebrand probably like four months from now. All right, we can't hear you that well, but okay. Uh, All right, Richard's off. Uh, Sony. You can find me on Sunny on Twitter at S-O-N-N-Y underscore Joshim, J-O-A-C-H-I-M. Thank you, Sunny. Appreciate you coming through. Sunny's our number one fan listening with us today. She sat in with us last week on an episode you guys are going to hear soon. Um, anyway, and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to. Follow us, um, share the show, all that shit. Uh, you can find us where else, Chris? On <clears throat> on the website, screenwritersrr.com. You can support the show through uh, the Patreon link, which is available on that uh, uh, website. It's like front of center on the website. Um, says, yeah, so do that. Support the show. Support the show. T-shirts. And the t-shirts. T- t-shirts are available on there. There's lots of T-shirts available yes, on merchandise. There's the Queens of Cinema T-shirts are on there. And the uh, Screenwriters Rant Room T-shirts are on oh, there. I want the Screenwriters Rant Room mug, too. Oh, and the mug? Yeah, okay. we got to get that. Okay. I For sure. I'll set the mug up. <laughs> I'll set the mug up. That's what's up. Um, let's see. what Anyway, so that's what's up. Um, a lot of things going on. Um, hope everybody has a really, really great Christmas. Happy Enjoy holidays. themselves. <clears throat> be good out there. Be nice to people coming in 2020. Be ready. You know, you guys got another couple of weeks going into the new year. You know, be thinking about what the next project is. Be thinking about, you know, what you're going to do for yourself. And we got to do at the beginning of the year, Chris, we got to do uh, goals versus um, plan. The thing we always do. Um, oh, you remember that? Um, um. <clears throat> yeah, we, we do this thing. Where we talk about a lot of people. I always compare it to a diet. Like people make a, a diet to me is, yes. is a goal. You know, a plan is something you actually stick with. It becomes a lifestyle. P-L-A-N. You know what I mean? So for sure. <clears throat> anyway, so with that, everybody join with me. We're going to keep it 2020. Y'all know how we're doing on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2020. 2020. Peace, y'all. I'm going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, they used to pull a kaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something in life